0: This is Apotheosis, the second podcast from the crew at CodePunk, where we talk about cyberspace, cyberculture, and cyberpunk. You can go to codepunk.io to read our articles, and also check out our other podcast, the self-titled CodePunk podcast, hosted by myself and co-host Bill Ahern. You can also find that podcast in your favorite podcast application, as well as on YouTube, since all recent episodes are recorded in virtual reality. Over at CodePunk, we use the tagline, Life in the New Siberia. Although he didn't invent the term, Douglas Rushkoff used the word Siberia as the title of the book that really ingrained him in early cyber culture. The book was called Siberia, Life in the Trenches of Cyberspace. I picked up a new copy of Siberia recently, new in that I lost my old one. For one, I wanted to see how well the book held up, but at the same time, I've become a bit nostalgic for the early years of the internet and internet culture. Every generation, I mean, once they reach probably around 40, 45 years old, starts to think about how things were when they grew up, and we all come to the same conclusion about how our childhood was the best, the music was the best when we were younger, the culture was the best, the technology, although it wasn't the best seemed more authentic, more visceral. This is, of course, nostalgia. And, you know, I know that even as I'm starting to buy up a lot of old 80s and 90s books on cyberspace, some of these books aren't even good, but it feels right to pick them up and reread them. And yes, I even have a copy of Mondo 2000's Be a Cyberpunk Riff. I do think, with a bit of bias, of course, that nostalgia for early computer culture isn't just nostalgia due to aging out. Computers, technology, the internet, all of these things were fundamentally different in the earlier years, and and as they began to emerge from military and academic usage, many early pioneers saw the transformational value of computation, the authenticity that allowed for maximum exploration, collaboration, creativity... I did a presentation for the cyberpunk culture conference not that long ago about Max Hedrum and it encompassed the early 80s MTV and really how the era of Reaganomics reduced the value of authentic culture for the purpose of financial extraction. In fact, I recently took that presentation and I kind of expanded it a bit and put it down on paper, fleshing out the thesis. You can find it on CodePunk. But once again, we've come back to this idea of authenticity. Is it authenticity? Or is it just nostalgia? I was a big fan of Rushkoff in his early years, and when I ran a counterculture website called Key23, I had the opportunity to interview him. In fact, I once participated in one of Doug's university classes where he signed my original copy of Siberia, the one that I lost. It was a paperback version, not the hardback of the original print. After reviewing Get Back in a Box, another book by Doug, he sent me an early copy of Life, Inc., which, honestly, as much as he might view Team Human as his, his manifesto or his magnum opus, Life, Inc. was really the book that set the stage for everything that came after. It was a detailed history of money, economics, and the evolution of corporatism in America, and really globally. Life, Inc. showed the ailment, and Doug with Team Human, I mean, at least according to him, he sees that as perhaps the treatment, uh, if not the cure. Now, you know, I've had many disagreements with Doug's recent takes on technology in Team Human, but I I do believe the podcast is worth a listen and the book's worth reading. He's got a lot of positive takes in there as well. Getting back to authenticity and nostalgia, I I don't think it's just nostalgia. Nobody wants a computer from the 80s. Nobody wants the dial-up speed from the 90s. What people of my generation most often want is the feeling of freedom yet mutualism that the early internet provided. It wasn't a utopia, there were plenty of problems, but we accepted the flaws with the machines because it was a new frontier where we all thought we could start over, we could build the democracy inside of cyberspace that was slipping away from us in the real world, or at least we felt it was slipping away most of this quote unquote slipping away was the result of regressive taxation, culture wars, financial extraction, and corporatism that was really ramping up at the time. Deregulation combined with aggressive taxation increased the wealth gap while putting power in the hands of a very few corporations. And this is the essence of the world-building in the cyberpunk genre, runaway mega corporations. What we see today, when we look finally back on the past, we see the difference between the internet as a collaborative tool of exploration versus the internet as a venue for serving advertising, collecting private data and selling stuff because we know we all don't have enough stuff as it is. Those are two completely different internets, in my opinion. I mean, so it, so it is nostalgia, right? Sure, but it's nostalgia for a better way that many of us feel has been lost, and I'm not even sure it was a better way, it just felt like it was a more authentic way. People like myself and Bill, you know, we view it that way. Douglas Rushkoff, he views it that way. Mark Pesci, there's a lot of people who kind of view the early internet in at least a positive light for what it was capable of versus what we see today, which is merely. A handful of people taking advantage of the masses. We want to see that internet back because what we see right now with the internet is really just a precursor to all future innovations. If unlimited growth and financial extraction remain the primary goals of corporations and wealthy politicians and the economics of today, the loss of the internet is just a small, single niche step and quite small in comparison to what financial extraction will do to education or to climate. What it's already doing. You can see that impact today. And I get that this requires kind of a universal collaborative effort since nothing exists within a vacuum. You cannot disconnect technology from politics. You cannot disconnect technology from climate change. Reagan's 80s birthed consumerism as a primary driving force in America. And today, in order to increase profits while decreasing costs, we lose originality. We lose Authenticity. We sell our souls to the shopping malls and neon lights, but live long enough to tell jokes about it. Live long enough to see it on Stranger Things on Netflix. We're seeing a resurgence in cyberpunk ideas today and the nostalgia or the yearn for authenticity, whatever you want to call it. This is kind of emerging because those of us who grew up cyberpunk are the writers and managers and storytellers of today. Many of us are in management positions or have founded and sold companies. We've reached our collective midlife crises and looked back on what the world has wrought, possibly wrought with a little help from ourselves, and we no longer find that desirable. We want to progress forward to envision and experience cyberspace as it should have been instead of mega corporations interpretation of cyberspace, filled with trademarks and advertisings. We look at the internet today and wonder what went wrong. But at the same time, we're the ones most in a position to actually do something about it. But first, I guess we need to wake up. In the Battlestar Galactica spin-off Caprica, Clarice Willow was searching to attain apotheosis, a self-deification through technology. And that's what we're going to look at with this podcast. We're going to explore the early ideas of cyberculture, what happened to those ideas today, what went wrong, and ultimately where we're going in an era that has seen sustainable movements attempt to wrestle control from corporatist ideas and monetary policies. Stay tuned.